Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope you are all well and enjoying at the start of your week. As you can see, I'm not on my own today. I'm joined once again by James Benj of CBS. How are you doing, James? Thanks for joining me, mates. I'm great. Uh, it's been a uh, very fun opening week of the Premier League, hasn't it? A, um, it's given us everything, you know, VAR, officials. We've, we've had an football? apology. We've had a PGMOL apology after the first weekend of the season. It's uh, remarkable. Well, it's not remarkable, actually. It is far from remarkable, in fact. It's... Like I actually, you know, I mean, I think obviously we all kind of our heads go back to that like total um, screw up uh, in the Brentford game, and I think it's genuinely on a par with that. Where I don't actually understand how you can be in a like I, I I don't like giving officials and referees kickings all the time, but I don't understand how as a professional official you can see a goalkeeper wipe out an opponent in competing with the ball and not say yeah it's a penalty. I mean, you know, referees are allowed to miss things. That's why we have VAR. How VAR misses that? Yeah, honestly, it's genuinely, it was a genuinely staggering decision. I, I know you say referees are allowed to miss things, but I, I, how did the referee mm. miss that? I don't, I don't yeah. understand. I know VAR should have overturned it 100%, but the referee should have given that as a penalty on field. I mean, it was right in front of him. Uh, it was it uh, honestly, easy. A genuinely staggering decision. It was the, the comical thing was when he ran over to the sideline and ended up booking Gary O'Neill when everyone thought he was going to the monitor. Just, oh. Old Trafford, first weekend of the season. What a surprise. That is all I'm going to say. Anyway, enough from that. This, what you're watching right now, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to it on the podcast format, this is going to be a regular thing now. Myself and James Benz, you're going to be t- teaming up for a show once a week throughout the season so this is gonna be a regular thing this we are totally winging it at this point this is show number one and we did we did do kind of unofficial one a, a few weeks back to sort of test the waters a minute but this is i'd say our first official show although 
We don't have a name for it. We're winging it so much, we don't even have a name for this show just yet. We've been kind of talking about it on WhatsApp and have failed miserably to come up with something. So we're just going to throw it out there. You came up with this yesterday, didn't you, James? You're like, why don't we just, why don't we just throw it out there and see if anyone comes up with anything that we like? So that's what we're going to do. What, 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 what do you think? Have you got anything floating around in your head right now that well, you think we should be calling this? Well, when we were first talking about this, um, obviously the name is kind of one of the first things you go to. And I thought, you know, this is the summer of 2023. Why do any work yourself when you can get AI to do it for you? So I put in the names, you know, we've got to get those keywords in this and let's not be too arrogant here. We've got to get our names in it. That's what people really want. They want James Bench and they want Charles Watts together. Put that in an AI name generator. About the third one that cropped up was uh, James Bench and Charles Watts assholes, um, which I suspect we're going to see a lot in the comments but it's probably not going to be something we could effectively monetize. That well, would be quite the show name, that would. It might so get a lot of like clicks. The it, bar... it might get a lot of... would, it, would that get a lot of clicks, actually? I'm not mm. quite sure it would. The bar is sort of... It, the bar's not even on the screen yet for all our viewers. So anything, anything better than that is a win. Yeah, so please do, if you're watching us on YouTube and you have a name that you think might work for this show um then just let let us know we'll have a look and if anything floats our boat who knows that might well be what we're going for but for now we'll just stick with inside arsenal for this show but it could be you know we were thinking inside arsenal extra time or something like that with charles watson james benj or james benj and charles watson it doesn't matter whose name's first it should be mine doesn't it it doesn't really matter um but yeah we'll throw that out to you and uh see what you come up with and i, I promise you, you probably you're not going to get as much waffle as you just had for this first four minutes in future shows so shall we get cracking mr benj with the important business of the day and talk about uh arsenal and we've got to start with the i mean uh, devastating is the right word i think on so many levels um for the news here devastating for the player devastating for arsenal devastating for Mikel Arteta. the news that urian timber has suffered a serious knee injury now we don't know the full extent yet or arsenal haven't confirmed the full extent yet but they are fearing the worst they're awaiting sort of second round of scan results and talks to consultants but he suffered a serious knee injury in injury time in the first half against nottingham forest and i think we're all beginning to accept that we might not see Arsenal summer signing again this season, or if we do, it might not be till the very latter stages of this season. Just a hammer blow, James, to to Arsenal and everyone involved, really, isn't it? Really, really disappointing. Yeah, it's really devastating, all the more so because, you know, I mean, personally, not only was I really warming to Timber the player, he was brilliant in the Community Shield, and I really liked his first half against Nottingham Forest, but I really like early impressions. God, I really like this guy. I was wishing him the best. It seemed like someone that was ultra motivated to play for Arsenal, that was going to give his all. Um, it was really interesting as well. Mikel Arteta wasn't just praising his technical qualities, but his courage, the way he'd learned. This is a massive challenge stepping into this, the Zinchenko role, as we mm -hmm. all call it. And within you know that first 45 minutes, I think when we were talking about it, does Zinchenko get his place back? Um, and look, like you say, uh, I mean, first of all, we should say if there's secondary scans on this, that is bad news. An ACL would would generally show up on any MRI if it was just an ACL injury. And obviously, kind of as I reported yesterday, this fear is not just over his ACL, but his meniscus as well. It's still early days, but kind of even last night I was hearing 
at the at minimum seven months. That takes you through to April. Um, I think it's only okay, if, if, if it's as bad as is it, we we can talk about April. We won't, can't we? But I think mm. let's face it, he's not going to play again this season. If it's no. as bad as one, we we always get these sort of nine month predictions with ACLs and. It always ends up being a little bit longer than that, and you can't. If you, you you're not going to throw a player in at the business end of the season, if he's just come back from a long term ACL injury, are you just going to protect it and and go through to the summer, aren't you? I'd be stunned if we see him this season, and mm. I think you know from those scans, I think that is is starting to be the the view within Arsenal. I think there's a real. I mean, look, they, you know, they would say, and we should say, they haven't put a time scale on it. They probably won't put a time scale on it, even when it happens, because. You know, these are long recovery periods that can change mm. quite dramatically. But it's really the the early indications are we're not seeing him this season. You shouldn't. If he's coming back in April, just leave him, give him the summer. And, and I do, I'm confident that when he's back, you know, ACL injuries aren't what they were. I mean, you know, even Robert Perez was never entirely the same after his 20 years ago. But now he should come back and be as good better i mean florin verts i just i don't want to go too far on tangent but you have someone like florin verts came back straight away after sort of nine months out and was as good as before it's not mm. going to be a career ender i don't think um but it i don't think i think it is a season ender mm. yeah it's such a shame and you know for the player's point of view it's, it's difficult if you're an experienced sort of premier league player who've been at a club for a long time to sort of face up to months and months in the treatment room basically on your own and away from your teammates but from a new player he's just coming over he's still young He'd really pushed for this move. He wanted it. It was his dream move to Arsenal. And then to suddenly be away from your teammates in a new city, in a new league, a new culture. It's just, you know, he must be absolutely gutted for it. And for Mikel as well, you know, he provided, he was going to provide so much versatility, quality, you know, technique, the option to change systems. You, It's just, it's such a disappointment for everyone involved. It's really tough to, to dress it up any other way it's just a, it's a real hammer blow um to arsenal and it, it sort of represents a, a lot of you know different things i've got some comments and questions about it to talk about i mean there's one here from phil says with timber's injury can you see us going for another fullback as reports suggest we might i can't see arteta panic buying looking at the squad on saturday is defense heavy if we're still looking for more income surely it has to be covered for saka and um I'd be surprised if Arsenal, I don't know if you agree with me, I'd be surprised if Arsenal go in and sign a replacement for Tim, but I'm sure they'll look at what's out there and if there's a really sort of interesting option that is there and doable, they might well do it, potentially a loan or something like that. But I'd be very surprised if Arsenal go out and spend a lot of money to replace a player that they've just spent a lot of money on who will be back touchwood in sort of nine or ten months' time. And you know, Arsenal pretty well stocked in defence. I think you look at the left-back options, Zinchenko's coming back to fitness now. Obviously, he's difficult to rely on so far in terms of injuries, but you've got Kivior, who Mikel seems to like out there, Tommy Asu as well. On the right side, obviously, you've got Ben White, who was brilliant last season. Um, you've got Tommy Asu who can play there as well. You know, you've got Declan Rice you can throw into the mix now as potentially adding another centre-back if you need to, if you need to shuffle things around at the back. I, I I'd be surprised if they go out and do anything unless a really good opportunity just kind of, you know, just falls into the lap. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, the other person you haven't mentioned there is Kieran Tierney. Yeah. And of course, I, I, I'm still, my view on this is still that if a good offer came in for Tierney and it was the right move for Tierney, Arsenal would not be in the business of standing in his way. 
but equally i think what's more likely is that it just eases the eases the pressure to just move him on and that maybe now a loan deal that doesn't quite look right for arsenal is the sort of thing they might reassess whereas before they would have said well you know if he's not going to play at all i mean Tierney might be needed now um and obviously Mikel used him in pre-season we we do forget that i know he wasn't in the squad uh, on Saturday, and I don't think he would be a regular. Um, but I, yeah, like you, like you say, if this is, I don't see Arsenal rushing to do something. If there's a deal out there that's worth doing. Sure, they will. I'm sure they will explore it. But I agree. Um, it's, it's all sales now, and then if the sales come off right, you know, I, I think the view is it's more likely to be an attacker than a defender. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Tierney thing. I, I, I still don't really look at Timber's injury and think that's going to have too much of an impact on Tierney's future. I still mm. think if a, if a decent offer comes in between now and the end of the window that they'll let Tierney go. I thought it was really harsh. He wasn't in the matchday squad at the weekend. Like you said, I, I thought he did really well in pre-season whenever he came on, even though Mikel basically used every single other option he could ahead of him during all the pre-season games. Whenever Tierney came on, he made an impact. He looked hungry. Um, and then to not be in the matchday squad, I thought was pretty harsh at the weekend. Although it showed a lot about the strength and depth that Arsenal now do have, and you know, I still think Tierney goes between now and the end of the season, if, uh, end of the window, if a good opportunity arrives. We've seen us all Luke Edwards at the Telegraph yesterday. Obviously, was saying that Newcastle are still exploring a potential deal for Tierney. If that is a loan deal with an uh, obligation to buy at the end of uh, next season. I think that might be appealing mm. one to ask. I mean, Chris here says, what about Tierney? What is it about Tierney Arteta doesn't like? And I think it's totally wrong the way he's been treated. And I don't think it's anything specifically in terms of certainly not him or his character or his personality that he doesn't like because he does. But I just think, and I've mentioned this loads of times before, that Arsenal just evolved in a way, the team's evolved in a way that just doesn't quite suit Kieran as good as he is. And um, and that's why he will potentially be going. And like you said, it's all about sales for Arsenal, isn't it? It's between now and the end of the window. And he's a player who Arsenal, if they can get market value for him, they can get a lot of money for him and they need to do that. Yeah, I don't think Tierney's been harshly treated at all. He got a lot of games last season mm-hmm. where he was sort of encouraged to, to play as the sort of left-back that Mikel Arteta wants. And... As good as Kieran Tierney is in that overlapping role, I'm not. I'm not re. I'm not rebalancing my entire team to get a slightly better version of Kieran Tierney. Especially if that means you know I'm not getting the best Martinelli. I'm not getting the best Shaka last season. Havertz this. So yeah, I mean, there's a little part of me that looking at Newcastle on the opening weekend, I'm like, I am not giving you any players you want. Um, but I still think Arsenal are good enough that they can afford to say. Newcastle give us a good deal on Tierney and he's yours. Yeah, I think I think now if you want to get decent money, unless you're selling to Saudi, sometimes you just got to accept mm. you've got to sell to a Premier League club now because that's where the money is, and we're seeing it more and more between clubs in the Premier League. And actually, you know, yeah. Tierney had some. I mean, I think we're going to come to talk about Saudi Arabia. I'm sure there were some sitters out there for Tierney. To which my immediate response was, I don't know if there's enough suntan lotion in the entire country. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's one that will happen. We will talk about Gabriel at some point, especially with our ready-made Saudi Arabia correspondent sitting right here that we we will talk about. Before we we got to talk about goalkeepers, I think um, David Raya and Aaron Ramsdale. Now, I had my say on this in a video I did yesterday that I think it's a risky deal. I think it's a good deal for Arsenal in terms of squad depth, in terms of competition, but I don't. I 
I just think two absolute number one goalkeepers really works and it will just end with one person leaving. Um, and I would say that that person who's going to probably end up leaving at some point might well be Aaron Ramsdale if this mm. happens. Um, not sure if you agree with me. Do but you like it more as a loan? Than as a... I do, but the only reason it's going to be a loan, isn't it, is just to, so they can buy him next season. It's not yeah. just a loan with then we'll, we'll decide what to do at the end of this season. It'll be, it, it'll be just FFP type stuff when it's sort of balance the books and and spread the cost more for next season rather than this season I imagine it's not going to be anything else to do with that um, but yeah I do, I just think if you're David Raya you've got a year left on your deal at Brentford yes you want to go you want to go now you've wanted to go for the last 12 months but if you can't get a good deal this summer you're just going to wait it out go next year have your pick of so many clubs so to decide to go to Arsenal now you've got to have some sort of assurances that long term you're going to be given a real opportunity to oust Aaron Ramsdale as number one. And I think if you're from Aaron Ramsdale point of view, if you're there now, yes, you've got the shirt, which is the best position to have because it's up to you to lose it. Um, I still think you've got to be feeling a little bit worried about your long-term prospects to stay at number one. If you're signing David Raya from Brentford and you've got the goalkeeping coaches, Anaki Kana, who... Mm very much likes David Raya and worked with him before at Brentford. I think if you're Ramsdale, as strong as the personality is, as strong as your character is, as much as he says, bring it on, I think secretly when you're sitting at home, you've got to be thinking, oh, this could this could be a little bit of a problem. I completely agree. And look, you know, we're going to hear when this deal does get announced, which, uh, I mean, I've heard it's today since about Thursday. So hopefully it's announcement today. Um <laughs> When it gets announced, we will hear whether on the record or you know from from Mikel Arteta or from Edu or whoever that the competition is great and that there is no starting number one. And I'm certain that you know I, I, I completely agree with you, Charles. But I am certain that no one has actually said the words to David Raya, "You are our number one. Hmm. You will be our starting goalkeeper." I am certain though they have reminded David Raya that he is the goalkeeper they have wanted for over three years. Um, and, you know, like you say, Inaki Kana, Edu, Mikel Arteta, they all really, really like this goalkeeper. And I think he's I think he's fantastic, by the way. I actually think he saw a fair bit of Brentford last season. I think he's a better goalkeeper, better shot stopper, much better in the air. And I think it's 50-50 with his feet. But I think Raya is, is going to win the number one jersey quite quickly. Um, fun thing, though... <laughs> Every, like I see the pass is completed there and you will see, you're going to see loads of stats about how he is the best long ball playing goalkeeper in the Premier League. Um, I think Aaron Ramsdale would be the best long ball playing goalkeeper in the Premier League if he was aiming for Ivan Tony. So one thing to bear in mind when you see those numbers, it's a lot easier completing your long passes if they're towards Ivan Tony. Yeah, I, I struggle to see it working long term with Raya and Ramsdale. And like you, if someone said to me, one of these goalkeepers is going to go in a couple of years from Arsenal. I, w- I would think it would be Ramsdale. However, even if he's a number two, I think Arsenal will kind of would would get their money back and some on a on a big fee they paid to Sheffield United, and they would have got two years of of good, you know, top eight goalkeeping in the Premier League. It's nothing to be sniffed at. Um, kind of, I do almost look at this as like Arsenal have have gone for a minor but not but noticeable upgrading goal and you know those marginal gains could make all the difference come april may so i unlike you i kind of like this deal but it, it would be a shame i would be disappointed if it ultimately led to ramsdale leaving and i fear it might it's going to be a killer in the mix zone although saying that i don't know if uh what david rye is like when it comes to stopping in the mix well, he zone, doesn't but... he, i mean he, 
he has sort of publicly said on on several occasions that he wants to leave Brentford. So there is the there's a dreadful part of us in our profession where I know that like fans hate it when when players are so vocal. I'm like, that's great. Get this guy at Arsenal, please. Well, yeah, but true. But Aaron, I mean, if it's just one player, you can almost guarantee if you need to, need someone, you can ask for Aaron, and it will tend it will tend to do it. I mean, the stats are pretty sort of seem to be weighted in the favour of Raya in some areas and Ramsdale, you know, they're two very evenly balanced goalkeepers, I would say. Um, One thing on it is I think if you're really looking at the Arsenal team at the moment and you sort of look at some of the performances last season and you think you look, where can you improve to become just take to take that next step? As harsh as it sounds on Ramsdale, I think goalkeeper is probably a position that you would circle and say potentially there as good as he is as big of impact as he's made as important saves he's made sometimes you do watch some you do watch him and think oh, could you have done better there and so it might you know it, it again it shows a root it potentially shows a ruthless side of Mikel Arteta and they do in this squad building that they're putting together and how they can close the gap on Man City and you know it's, it's a really intriguing transfer we wait for it to be announced as you said it's like typical Arsenal going to be today you're going to be today and it just drags on drags on from what i heard he's done everything that needs to be done at arsenal Mm. he's been given the number 22 shirt and um yeah we just wait the official confirmation between the clubs but it's a really interesting one i think and i'm intrigued to see how i don't like that shirt number though that's a right back shirt number 22 who had 20 mary had it last time didn't he is that right was it mary Oh yeah, it might be. I don't think it's it's not one of those with a sort of illustrious history, is it? It's no. not, you know, it's not nineteen even. It's not one. I've got a comment here from John. He says Ramsdale is a good goalkeeper, but he has weak aspects to his game. He is beaten too often at his near post when diving low. His stance is often too wide, and he has to take a step before making the dive. While his distribution is good, Ryers is exceptional. Ryers has not joined to be number two. Either Ramsdale is outstanding in the next couple of months or Raya is Arsenal goalkeeper by Christmas. I have to admit, I think it's a really good comment. And mm. I do tend to agree with John. I thought Matt Turner's comments in the mix zone at the weekend were quite interesting. So whenever I thought I'd maybe creep the door open a little bit, Ramsdale came back into the side and played really well for the next couple of games. And that was it and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see if Ramsdale really steps up his performances. You know, will this competition drive him on to improve? Or will he become a little bit nervy knowing that if he makes a single mistake, then the sort of the groundswell of opinion that Raya should be coming into the team um, could well put off his game. I mean, it's just, it all adds to the intrigue about what is a really, really interesting deal this summer. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, Mr. Saudi correspondent. Talking Let's Gabrielle. talk about Gabrielle. Now, this is an interesting one. Suddenly been linked with a couple of weeks left in the window. What day are we on at the moment? August 15th. A couple of weeks left at the window. Suddenly been linked with potential interest from Saudi. They're, you know, they're not massive links. We haven't heard for a certain team is interested or a bid has come in or anything like that. It's just that there is interest from Saudi in Gabrielle, who's such an important player for Arsenal, been so influential, been pretty much one of the first names on the team sheet. So, Mr. Cap- Saudi correspondent, can you tell us any more about these reports? I can tell you the likely team. I have to say likely because I would assume this is a deal done by PIF, um, the investment fund that owns the four biggest clubs. But I believe that it would be to go to Al Ittihad if the Saudi. And obviously, from that you can tell there is interest. There is interest from Saudi Arabia. I think John Cross was was first on that, and uh, he's had a pretty excellent summer so far. Um, what I don't know, and I have been asking around, uh, is kind of what Gabrielle's response to that would be. I think it's, even though he signed a new contract, I think it's fair to assume that he would be taking home a sizable wedge of extra money if he were to go uh, to the Pro League. And remember, no income tax out there or anything like that. So, you know, the paying the exact same money out would uh, effectively double Gabrielle's, or not far off, double Gabrielle's salary. Um I remember talking to people at Arsenal last year when there were a lot of links with Juventus and there was um, real assertiveness there that they viewed Gabriel as a key player. I don't see anything about his performances last season. I thought he was an underrated star. Mm. So I don't see anything about them that would make me think Arsenal would willingly lose Gabriel for anything less than silly money. I don't get, I mean, you know, as I say, I don't know what his response to this is, but kind of, he signed a new contract quite recently. He, more than he gets credit for, he's quite a, he's a bit of a leader in the dressing room. And Ooh, it, he has taken the armband recently. I can't quite remember when that was, um, but I've certainly seen him don the armband. He's, he's really valued. So I, I'm not kind of, I wouldn't be terrified about this because for the deal to happen, the sort of money Arsenal would have to get could very easily go into a very good defender to replace Gabriel, but I would not like, I'm not in the business, especially in light of the timber industry in, especially in light of the timber injury. I am not in the business of, of contemplating offers for Gabriel. I think he's brilliant. I think he's really good. And I wouldn't also read too much into him not playing on, on Saturday. Um, the indications are that he was fit, but look, you know, especially early in the season, Arteta, we all knew was going to want to take a look at different things. And I got the sense that was a game that they just wanted to see Partey, Rice, Havertz, all in one team. Yeah, I, d- I didn't read too much into that either. I have to admit, I think we're going to have to get used to Mikel doing doing unexpected things in the start in 11. Um, I think a lot of the signings this summer have given him an opportunity to do that. And it's doesn't it, I think there's going to be a fair few starting 11s that we're like, oh, what's, he, what's he done there? It, he's got the versatility now to do that. And especially at home against a team who's going to sit in, I think he probably just wanted, you know, with party and Timber as fullbacks, he could add n- more numbers into the midfield, creative sort of stuff. So um, 
yeah, that didn't, I didn't read too much into that. I think, I personally, I just cannot believe Arsenal would entertain this. Maybe at the start of the summer, when you get a lot of time to mm. react and stuff, but two weeks before the window shuts, once the season's already started, when the Champions League is looming large, to suddenly sell such an important player, like you said, who's not just an important player on the pitch, but he's a massive leader behind, you know, he's really taken on responsibility at the club in the last year or so, in the last 12 months. Mikel Arteta wanted that from him and he's done that. I just think it'd be a massive risk and it would have to be, like you said, silly, silly money to even entertain it. But even then, you're left with pretty much next to no time to bring in a replacement and you'd be up against it because any replacement you would target, the club would know that you've got a load of money sitting there from selling Gabriel. You'd have two weeks left in the window. So they, you know, they would be able to use that to get a potentially massive fee. And then you've got to let players settle in, you know, Saliba and Gabriel are so in tune and changing that now, it'd just be a massive risk. And, you know, I can't believe Arsenal would even entertain something like that. I think it would and be... I, a... And I don't think Gabriel would. I mean, we all, you know, the money obviously is is a big factor, but and we all talk about Saudi so much and the players that have gone there, but an awful, awful lot of players have said, oh, I'm all right, thanks. And I don't know Gabriel personally, but I get the sense he would not be in a rush to get that money. No, no, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, obviously, it's tough to say that when someone's offering <laughs> yeah. God knows what wages in front of you. But, you know, he's not exactly poor. He's not, is he? He's getting good money. Like I said, he's got that new long-term contract fairly recently. So he's he's got a lot of good money behind him. He's happy in London. You know, he's got a lot of teammates that he gets on with Arsenal. He's a leader. I, I just, be, I can't see it. I really can't see it. I think he, I think he stays and, and um, yeah, and he continues to form this, partnership I think he comes back into the side against Palace I'd be very yeah. surprised if Arsenal go to Selhurst Park in a game where you kind of know what you're going to get from Palace I'd be very surprised if they go there and and you don't have Saliba and Gabriel together uh, under the lights on a Monday night it would it would really really shock me agreed 100% yeah Ben White back to a back to right back I think so I thought Partey was was good I'm sure we'll see it again in the season, but I mean, I frankly, I loved Ben White. I thought he was brilliant doing overla- overlapping from centre back, like he's a Sheffield United uh, defender under Chris Wilder. I really like Ben White. So for me, yeah, I think maybe he's just it's a straight swap of probably just Partey for um, Partey out, Gabriel in. Um, maybe try and find a way for Trossard to get in that team as well. But I liked I liked a lot of what Arsenal did. Um, in the first half against Forest, I just think the second half wasn't like a system thing or anything like that, was it? It was just them thinking they'd won the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting how sort of games end play such an important role in how the matches are perceived, isn't it? Because, mm. I mean, you look at how Arsenal played against um, Forest, and for large parts, they were excellent. There was really good parts in the first half, especially in the last sort of 25 minutes of that first half. And yet you came away from that game and there was a lot of criticism levelled at them. But then you look at United yesterday, who were frankly completely outplayed by Wolves on every level. I mean, the stats, the shots faced were unbelievable in terms of Wolves. I think it was the most since Chelsea, Mourinho's Chelsea in like 2005 or something, 24 shots on goal. The only team that's been more battered this weekend was Luton against Brighton. Yeah, incredible. And yet... You know, all the United fans leaving that game would just be pretty happy. They get a late goal, win 1-0. And even though they've been played off the park, there's probably no, nowhere near as much criticism about their performance as there was from some Arsenal fans for the, for the performance against Forest. It's just, it's really interesting how 
the timings of goals play such an important role in terms of um, how uh, how things are viewed. Um, just before we sort of call time on this, there's a couple of uh, questions. Well, I think I've sort of answered some of them. Or we've, we've answered some of them because I brought them in a little bit earlier because the conversation has turned to that. But there's one here from Bernard Sampson. Obviously, Balogun's still an Arsenal player at the moment. We know Monaco are looking to potentially bring him in. They've had at least one bid turned down by Arsenal. It's expected they're going to come back in with another pretty soon. You know, the clubs mm. were in talks during the Emirates Cup, sort of 48 hours that Monaco were in town about that. Been linked with Spurs as well. I don't, you know, I think the links came from somewhere in Italy. It wasn't really, didn't, it didn't, they didn't really have one that I looked at and thought this is substance. It's not something I've heard of before. I mean, Spurs have got a hundred million pounds burning a hole in their pocket. They need to bring in a replacement for uh, Harry Kane, who is, uh, thank the Lord, left. Um, so, yeah, Spurs, Balogun, I mean, not for me. What, what, what would you, where would you rather see Balogun go? I'd certainly rather not take the risk of uh, you know him coming back to haunt Arsenal. Um, although if they want to offer more money than anyone else, I'm not. I'm not totally against it. If I'm uh, Edu, if they're the best bid, I wouldn't. Yeah, feel so- like, I wouldn't feel like an Ashley Cole situation. I don't really yeah. have a sense of. I don't feel like Balogun belongs to me. <laughs> like uh, I mean, he'd be pretty devastated, wouldn't he? Because he's been so um, publicly flirting with Inter Milan hasn't he in his Instagram stories I don't I can't he's probably wishing happy birthday to Dejan Stankovic as we speak um oh yeah I, like you I kind of the Monaco talks are still like it would be I'd almost respect Balogun if he went for Spurs I mean I'd respect him anyway but you know like I it's in, incredibly brave you and I both know you've got the tube back from Spurs game whether it's after a North London derby obviously I'm there a bit more frequently and you don't have to kind of travel long or far until you hear chants about Sol Campbell. Um, and obviously, that's the last player to make that move directly. I don't think anyone at Tottenham or Arsenal particularly liked Emmanuel Adebayor because of the fact that you you just can't cross that that gap. And um, it would be incredibly brave of Balogun if he were to make that move, um, you know, a bit of a hiding to nothing. I like like you. I, I I wouldn't kind of feel ultra betrayed, but the spotlight that would shine on Balogun would be so 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 hard for any young footballer to to thrive under. I can't see it happening. West Ham still feels like the move. if he's going to Premier League. West Ham feels like the move to me for for Balogun, and I still wouldn't be surprised if something might if some interest might materialise there or some firm interest might materialise there before yeah. the end of the window. It just it just feels like one that could work but you know Monaco would be really that'd be an interesting one for him you know it's a nice place to play football he's proven he's proven in the uh in the French league already that he can make a big impact and you know if that is a deal done I'm sure he'd be very very interested by that one even if he was looking potentially at the San Siro with a little bit more of an admiring glance than he is at the principality yes 100% um I I also think at his age and given kind of what he's achieved it's it's early to be certain you can be a starting striker for a team that would expect to be in the top half of the Premier League. That's a big step up from kind of a farmer's league. I'll say it. Oh, harsh. Harsh, right? I, know, I direct that abuse at James Bench. That was not my that was not my comments. Any, any uh, fans of league are. Okay, I think that just about brings, uh, brings us to the end of 
this first show with no name. Before I go, though, I don't know if you're aware of this, James, but there is a big event coming up at North London fairly soon. I'm very excited about this. On the 31st of August. I don't know if you've heard, but there is a book coming out that's written by a fantastic writer um, that you might know. And uh, yeah, just for anyone who's in around North London on the 31st of August, please do pop down to the Tollington to say hello, to buy a book, to have it signed, to join in with the uh, festivities on the night. And um, yeah, cheap plug, done and dusted for today's show. I didn't do it at the beginning, which I have done recently. I thought I'd spare people that, but uh, so I thought I'd save it to the end for those final few people who are still watching or listening at this late stage of the I really show. like the cover, I have to say. It's the, like the Go Faster Stripes or however you call it. It looks great. I mean, it's obviously a shame you couldn't get Mikel to pose for one of those photo shoots like the one he did in GQ, but yeah. what can you do? Yeah, well, enjoy the cover because once you get inside it, it all goes downhill from from there. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, uh, thank you, James, for this, and uh, thank you everyone for watching. If you've been watching us on YouTube or listening on your podcast platform, and like I said, this will be now a regular thing. So myself and James will be back next week, maybe with a name for this show by then. So thanks for watching, everyone. Thank you very much, James. Have a good day, mate. Enjoy your little trip where you're where you're heading off to now for the next few days, and um and yeah. Have a great time. Speak to you soon, everyone. Cheers.